worshiping and breaking bread together and sharing. And um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but um, I, I need like change in the action. I don't know. I, I need things like a change up. I can kind of get stuck in the rut. Like even like as a pastor, I can get stuck in a rut spiritually. Um, it, it's, it's, it's part of human nature and like that we have these up seasons, these down seasons. And um, I think uh, as I've grown with the Lord over time, I, I've realized I, I need a lot of help. <laughs> I really do. I need a lot of things in my life. And, and it, it doesn't come out of my efforts, but it really comes out of my my sensitivity to trust the Lord, what you were just talking about, and just to keep in step with Him and to hear what He's doing and, and to not, and just kind of, I love one of the lines in that song that says, more than cold religion, I want you. And, um, and that, that's a huge part of my heart for you in 2020, um, is, is that you'd push away from any going through the motions. You'd push away through just all the, saying all the right things, doing all the right things, and you'd really just long for just a genuine deep walk with the Lord, deeper than what it's ever been before. Um, something we started doing years ago uh, is, is 21 days of prayer and fasting. We, we, we do 21 days of prayer twice throughout the year, at the beginning of the year and um, in August. Um, and we, for those of you that are newer to our church, our, our small groups kind of fall in three different seasons. And then we take these natural breaks, like around the holidays, when school's getting out, um, as school's getting back in, just to kind of let everybody breathe and kind of get normal life for those uh, families that that, that affects. Um, but uh, in those times, in the month of January and in the month of August, we really just try to lean in and, and we go through something together. Like we're in together through groups, but that's all kind of segmented. We're in different parts. But there's these, these 21 days, three weeks, because habits kind of are birthed out of that, that we intentionally set aside to come together. And uh, I remember the first time I did um, a corporate fast. And um, when I talk about fasting, it's intentionally setting aside food. And so a lot of people do this for health purposes, and there's different ways to do this. Um, As Christians, Jesus said, when you fast... He didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast, there's this expectation that his disciples would fast and that it's actually necessary for us. And it's one of the spiritual disciplines. So um, I know we've got a trainer in the house and there's certain exercises you can do to build certain muscles. And I don't know about you, but my exercise of eating food nonstop over the past month has been pretty on point. Like I've... (laughs) I've been exercising my waistline like nobody's business and just desserts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Does anybody else resemble that statement? Okay. Um, and we don't, we don't even realize it, but like our God is our stomach. Like it, it runs our life. And I remember the first time I did a, a corporate fast, which is a called fast, which is something biblically we see. Uh, in fact, as you exit today, and you'll get this in your email, a PDF of this, because um, next Sunday we'll kind of kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting for us, really next Monday. If you get real technical about it, we do like 20 days of fasting. But somebody has probably noticed that and be like, you guys aren't really doing 21 days. I know, we know. But uh, we kick it off together and, and we really get, get it started fresh. Um, and, and so you'll see a guide as you exit. And it really kind of gives an overview of that. It, it provides a lot of qu- frequently asked questions that we, maybe we won't get to here. Um, and some of you have never done this before. Um, some of you have done this and had terrible experiences. Uh, like my first experience with fasting, it, it was a cor- corporate called fast saying, hey, it's an invitation to grow in your relationship with God through the intentionally setting aside of food. And that can look like different for all of us in different ways. Uh, but it was hard and it was miserable. And for me, in probably the first three or four times I did a fast, it was all about the food. It was all about the food. And, and I've even heard some of you that have tried it. And like your focus is totally the food. And that's kind of the point is that our, our focus is, is totally on the food. And, and as we grow and as we mature, our, it, it actually is a lot less about the food. <laughs> and it, it's not about trying to perform and like, can I do this? Can I achieve this accomplishment? Like if, if we're doing it with that, like we're kind of, we're kind of missing out the heart of it. Um, and so we, we want to guide you through this. We want to encourage you. Um, there's a lot of different ways to fast. Um, you know, a Daniel fast is probably one of the most common. In fact, the, the reading guide, we all go through a reading together. And that's, we're going to read through the book of Daniel. Uh, and, and God really asked him and he set aside uh, meat and he set aside wine. He set all, like different foods in his body. Like th- there'll be no sugar on a Daniel fast. So it's, it's, 
it's tough, right? It's tough to kind of set these things aside because I love sugar and I'm addicted to sugar, you know? Um, and so I set those things aside. Um, and so we do it for 21 days and, and we really try to create a community where you're not going through it alone, where you have a support system if you are doing it. So Jackie helps organize a group me in which we can all be on and find encouragement or recipes. Like it used to be a lot harder for Taryn and I to do the Daniel Fast, but now we've got a lot of recipes so we can share those things and kind of figure out how can I survive because I feel like I'm going to die, you know? Um, and so I, here's what I'd love for you to do just over, over this next week. Just be praying about that. Be praying about it. Maybe do some of your own research. Grab one of those guides when you get the email of the PDF fasting guide, read through it. Like, like in your heart, read through it and just see if it's something that God would lead you into. It's not something you have to do. It's something that we invite you to be a part of. And what I've found is oftentimes that, that time can be really difficult, but really rewarding. And sometimes we don't see the rewards immediately. We see them nine months later. We see them a year later. We look back where we used to be spiritually and, and, and things begin to break off. If we're struggling with discipline in other areas of our life, disciplining ourselves in the area of food really begins to impact all of our life. And so um, I think you'll find it quite powerful if you're, uh, you'll open your heart to it and, and let the Lord lead you in it. So I'm excited about that. Um, and so now it's, um, let's, let's do storytellers. I'm excited to have Jackie and uh, Lee with us. Uh, they're two of the folks, they've been around here a long time. They're familiar faces to you, but you're going to hear different sides of their story. We, for those of you that are new, we do this uh, once, at least once a year. We've been kind of taking on the tradition of doing it in the last Sunday of the year just be an encouraging way to just lift us up and hear of God's faithfulness. And what I've learned through this, this process in doing this is that we all have really unique stories. Like there is no one life story that is the same in here. Every single one of us is different. But we go through really similar things. The human experience, the life of, of, of a believer. And I, I think in our individuality, in our struggles, oftentimes we can feel like, I'm the only one that's going through this. And yes, you are the only one going through that, but you're not the only one that's ever been through that. And I think we find a fellowship, a unity in this. And testimony is so important in our life. I mean, the scriptures tell us in Revelation that we're made overcomers through the blood of the Lamb, what Jesus did for us, and the word of our testimony, that we're not afraid to share it. We're not afraid to share where we came from, what God rescued us from, and what he's doing in our life now. And, and so in, in some ways, I pray that doing this in a corporate setting really allows us to understand the depth of this on an individual basis, that that don't be afraid to share what God's done in your life. Like, don't be afraid to share where he's brought you from. There's no shame in that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so I'm excited to have Lee and, uh, and Jackie up here uh, with me. Again, they've been around here for a long time. Jackie's been on staff with us for several years. Uh, Lee has been on our board for a couple of years. Um, but I'd love to just kind of take it way back. <laughs> Let's take it way back, because we're about to celebrate our seventh anniversary at the end of January, which is just so exciting. Pumped about that. Come on. <laughs> Excited about that. God's done so much. Um, but talk, talk about how you came to Fathom, where, where you were at maybe headspace in that time. Maybe we'll go a little further back after that, but let's start there, maybe just connecting here to this local body. Jackie, you want to get us kicked off? Yeah. Um, well, we had... It was like around Easter or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you guys came, yeah. I, I measure everything by kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. So, she has five kids, for those of you that don't know. Five girls. So we had just gotten back. We had just moved back from Ocala. Um, I had, had a job down there with a adolescent mental health agency that worked with kids who were in foster care, um, and we had lost our contract. Just They just didn't renew the grant. So um, we had to move back up, and we had been looking for churches, and Emma was a baby. Um, Emma's seven now, so that's not <coughs> far. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were looking for churches, and we had tried several, and we were... We were just, we just didn't feel like, you know how when you get to a place and you're like, okay, this is home. This is where God wants us. I've got it, you know? Um, And we just hadn't felt that. And I grew up here, so I knew people in churches everywhere. Like, I mean, there's not many churches in this city that I don't know at least one person. It's it's a little (laughs) frightening at times. Biggest small (laughs) town in the the nation, right? Yeah. That that is exactly true. Yeah. so we had tried a couple of um, churches that were being pastored by people I knew, and 
you know, they weren't bad churches. There was nothing wrong with them, but they just, it wasn't where God wanted us. And so we just kept praying. And one of my friends said, hey, you should come see this church. It's really awesome. And she's super cool. Like, I'm not, I am not cool by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just, I'm surrounded by people who are cool. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll try that. Sounds really awesome. So we come in and we're just sitting here and we're worshiping and the worship is amazing. And then, um, Jesse was preaching at the mm-hmm. time, and he got up here, and he didn't have shoes on. And Kenny looked at me, and he goes, all right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I mean, I feel like I need a little more, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but by the end of the message, like, we both knew, you know, like, this this was home. Yeah. From the beginning, it was home. Mm-hmm. And it was just, God just did the rest. Yeah. I, I vividly remember our conversation just connecting, um, Different, different. I mean, it's just like seems like light years ago. But uh, tell a little bit about that story, kind of maybe where you were and and that lunch we had and how we got connected. Yeah. So for y'all that don't know me, my name is Lee, and um, so I grew up in Jacksonville as well. I've been here since sixth grade, and um, the first church that we came to actually was in this building. Isn't that crazy? I was uh, twelve years old, and I was actually a backup, the backup drummer for the drummer. So. Um, I was told just play regular beats, don't get too off, don't get too crazy, just because I love to play loud and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, this was the first um, place that we came in. Growing up in church, it was really about you know hardcore, staying right and staying on the right path. And um, I think after a while, you know, sometimes you have a hard time fitting in with that mold. Like none of us are perfect, so um, I had a lot of struggles with that. So in the churches that I went to. It felt like I was just trying to be the best and do my best and say the right things and be the right things and look the right way and that um, God would accept me. So um, Kyle came around and he had hair down here and I did. He had uh, if you, if you snoop Facebook long enough, like you'll Yanni find or something really some hip- cool. Yanni, yeah, there you yeah, go. I'll take it. Beautiful hair and um, and uh, we. Had I need little, that stash though. I need we, that. we did have a bro date. Um, you know, our we grew up in the same kind of circles in church, and they do these conventions every two years, and uh, Kyle and I went to the same uh, college. I went there for a semester, and he ran into my brother, and um, he said, hey, I'm starting a church in Jacksonville. I know you're from Jacksonville, and so my brother said, hey, Lee, I want you to check out this church. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like no other church you've been to. Um, I think it fits you, and um, Kyle and I went to Longhorn, and I uh, had bread, salad, and steak, and um, Kyle just basically poured his heart out, and, and um, literally from the minute that he sat down with me, um, I felt a calming in my presence that I didn't feel in a while. Usually you sit down with somebody, and you feel a little awkward, a little anxious, but right off the bat, you could just tell there's something different about your spirit, um, something calming, and, and like we had this saying that says, welcome home. I felt at home right away. I wasn't even in the church, but I felt it when we were at lunch. Um, it was really amazing, and... From that point on, uh, I, I think God was, had me in a season where I was about to go through some refining and getting better. And so he had me plant it here for a reason, and he knew my steps. So, um, yeah, I came here, and uh, you invited me. And we actually did some services at your house yeah. in your condo yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and parked like two blocks away to walk up to it. Totally. Um, so it's a lot better than our parking situation. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot harder than our parking situation today. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a good time. And yeah. uh, we had a good lunch. And I've um, been blessed to have that lunch because I'm still here today. In in just kind of I I usually kind of meet up and, and talk with them a little bit beforehand, and um, I think one of the words that kept coming up to me and and just understanding your stories, and I think it's huge that we could all see ourselves in this and, and reflect on this. So this can be of great encouragement. Is the word rescue that that God rescues us like. And if until we're at a place where we realize we need rescue, we can't be rescued. We can't be rescued. That that word, that the mindsets, the not just the stuff that we were into or the things we were doing with our life, but the mindsets, the condition of our heart. That word, that rescue, came up. Jackie, what do you think about when you hear that word rescue in your own life? Uh, is it hard to go back there, or, or what's kind of the emotional? connection maybe even to that word rescue for you well there's I mean I grew up in church um and I grew up in a church who I can say loved God 
loved God. I had no doubt about that. And I met God early. Like, I was baptized at, around the age of eight, and I knew God. I knew his voice. I knew who he was. Um, but being a kid in church, <laughs> you, you put things on yourself that you don't realize. And so as I grew up, I always knew. I knew I was called to ministry. I knew I was called to do something for God in my life. Um, so in my early in my early college years, I decided to do an internship and go to school for biblical studies. Um, and so I did an internship at a church, and a church is filled with people, right? <laughs> um, it's just it's filled with hurt and broken people, no matter what, whether they work there, whether they serve there, whether they just go. And I got hurt by the church. Um, in that internship, I pretty much felt like I was nothing, like no one could see me doing ministry, um, that, that nobody saw what I felt like God saw in me. And in that, I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I know who God is. I feel like I know him pretty well, but I just can't, I can't be with these people. Because they don't actually care about what God's doing. It's just, a, it's just a business. I mean, and let's be real. Churches have to have some sort of business structure, or they'll fall apart. Some kind of organization, <laughs> yeah. But I couldn't see through the hurt to see the church for what it was. So for the next probably year and a half, three years, I ran from God. I ran and I ran and I ran and I did things that I was taught all my life were terrible things. I'm going to cry because I'm a crier. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I, I jumped into drugs and alcohol. Um, I moved away so I could get away from this place. I moved all the way to Texas. I was like, I am done. Like, when I say done, I was really done. <laughs> so I, I moved to Texas, and I started, um, I was a waitress, and I started getting into drugs and started doing all these things. And for a year, I actively ran. <laughs> but you know God is good. Mm -hmm. Because in that time, I, I was given a brand new car by my family that I did not deserve. <laughs> And my family continued to love me, continued to show me what it meant to be loved by God, even in the running. Sorry. And in this new car, my radio broke. <laughs> and I had to sit in silence for six months. And let me tell you where God speaks most to me. He speaks most to me when I'm driving. And every time I'd get in my car, and every time I'd drive somewhere, God would be like, what are you doing? Mm. Why are you running? I'm right here. You can't run from me. I am with you. He would say, I, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to believe it. I couldn't believe it. Because in my mind, I had learned what you're doing is wrong. And if you're not living right, then you can't be with God. And I'm not saying that's what, I, what they taught me, but that's what I heard growing up. Mm. And in that time, God, God just continued to speak to me and continued to speak. And one night, I was sitting on a couch after work, and I was doing drugs. And all of a sudden, my heart started to race. And I thought I was having a heart attack. And I walked outside, and it was cold. And I remember God saying, are you going to keep doing this? Because if you are, it's going to kill you. And in that moment, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so at that point, I, I went home, 
prayed I wasn't having a heart attack. <laughs> um, and the next day I called my, I called my mom. And I said, I, I can't live here anymore. I can't do this anymore. And so they began to, my family came around me and just started to help me get back. Hmm. Get back to Jacksonville, get back to what God had for me. And when we got back, when I got back, it wasn't, everything hadn't changed. I was still struggling with the same things I was struggling with. I mean, I wasn't doing drugs at that point because there was, I didn't know anybody here that did that. <laughs> um, but I was still struggling with the hurt. I was still struggling with shame that everything that I had done was now going to forfeit anything that I could ever do for God. Yeah. Knowing the calling that I had on my life, knowing the thing that I was running from, hmm. I just lived for a long time just, you know, like, well, I'm just going to work at whatever job I can get, and I'm just going to do whatever I can because God's not going to want me now. Hmm. I've ruined it all. Yeah. I just, I can't help but just think of Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, and the reality is every single one of us are the prodigal son and have been the prodigal son. And the, the reality is, you know, my kids try to run from me and like they can't, they can't run from me. I'm bigger than them. I'm faster than them. Like we can't run from the all-encompassing love of God. You, you can't run from it. And so we try though. We try and we, I think oftentimes we blame other people we take it out there, but it's, it's really the human condition that makes us feel like we've got, it's our own brokenness that like we got to prove ourselves, or, you know, and, and, it, and that's too big of a weight to bear. That's why God sent Jesus. Like that's why he sent Jesus. And so it's not in our own works. It's not a performance thing. It's not about saying and doing the right things. It's about the right heart and the right posture before God. And then it's, everything flows out of that. And, um, man, I, I love just the theme of the faithfulness of a family, you know, in the midst of that. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm thankful for faithfulness of church family who are going to be there, you know, when you're running. I'm thankful for praying parents who kids are running right now or running from God or don't know God and have stuck in there and prayed and believed and, and shown mercy and grace, man, because we, we all need that uh, when we're running uh, Lee Rescue is a, I know, a theme <laughs> for you as well. What thoughts come to mind? What mind, let's do it, let's do it like this, let's switch a little. What mindsets did God rescue you from? Well, I think I was just living um, for myself before I met, hmm. you know, Jesus. And, um, you know, the real Jesus, I thought God was con condemnation and all that stuff. Um, so I couldn't find a family of my own, so I'd go find other families. Um, Joined a fraternity my my college year, year and I you know my first year and I thought that's where I needed to be, but um, you know excessive partying and stuff like that you know happens and um, I just started dropping classes and going further and further. I kept looking at my life and saying, what's going on? And I guess the, the my mindset was just all for myself at that point, trying to fit in and try to find the right place, trying to find the group that you know that I can vibe with in a sense and. You know, that got me in a lot of trouble um, with life. And I think more than anything, I think we both share something similar with um, addiction. But, you know, whatever your addiction is, whatever you're, you're stuck to, you're just, you're chained to it. You really, you know, if it falls in the water, you know, you, you're going down and you, you can't breathe and you're, you're, you're going to die eventually from it. Um, so rescue for me is, you know, God breaking those chains and you coming back up on the other side and saying, you know what? <coughs> You know, I've been somewhere, I, I've gone through something, but, you know, um, God rescued me. And I, I finally found, you know, family in him. And it, it took me, you know, some of y'all know my story. Um, I, you know, I actually, um, there's people who like to casually, you know, party, but I like to party party. So uh, that got me a lot of trouble. Um, I mean, I, I can count four times sitting in the back of a cop car for the dumbest things, you know. And, you know, some of us in here can think, like, just one time in there being, like, enough shame but I think the third time maybe happened it was Father's Day and my family just had the most inopportune time to show up to court every morning for me when I went to jail and my mom and dad were sitting there and I know it's not funny but I can laugh about it now but Father's Day looking at my dad sitting there 
saying, what did you do again, son? But one of the things that he told me uh, when I was walking out and they bailed me out, he's like, um, he said, son, I will always fight for you, no matter what. He goes, I'll stand in front of you, beside you. I'll always fight for you. He said, but if your hands are tied behind your back and you're in those chains on your feet and your arms, he goes, I can't fight for you anymore. And that like really hit me. That was kind of the turning point when I was like, you know what, God? Like, I'm, my, my parents who on Father's Day, or it might have been his birthday, Dad, I don't know. It was his birthday, it was even worse. Um, and you know, you, you think like, I kept wondering like, you know, Dad, you give me chance after chance. And then you, know, you start to think about how good God is and how he gives you chance after chance. And it's not in a way, he, I think he was refining me and showing me that like, doesn't matter how bad you, you messed up, how many times you, you've done it, but you know, please, like before this takes you and kills you and destroys your life, like um, please surrender to me. And that's, you know, that's what rescue means to me. Yeah. And um, I think my mindset finally started to turn over time that I realized I cannot do it on my own because it would have been the dumbest thing. I could have walked across the street and then I got in trouble for that. It was just like God knew like the smallest things I kept getting in trouble for. And, um, and, I'm, and you know what, looking back at it now, I'm glad for every one of those things that, that happened because, you know, I, I th there was actually a point after that where, you know, um, some of you know my testimony, some of you don't, but I, I ran out of money. I lost jobs. Um, I went to uh, an outpatient rehab to get my head right. And um, I, mean, I had nothing. And, um, you know, to see God take me from that to where he has me. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. I can't believe it. Yeah, I just love just the the stories of just deep rescue and and I I think one of the, one of the most dangerous things and it, you know I think at times with stories like these testimonies like these of a rescue from really running hard, you know those are often popularized and publicized. It's it's the more subtle rebellion that's I think just equally as dangerous. It, it's it's a, a different type of theology that says I'm good enough. Like that's just as damning as the other, you know what I mean? Of just outright rebellion from God as the very subtle rebellion from God. Like, yes, I know you're asking me to do this, but I'm not going to trust you. Neither trust God, <laughs> neither trust God, neither is obedient, neither is walking with God. And so I would just caution anyone that's like, oh, well, my testimony is like that. You know, I, I, I wasn't doing that. I didn't get arrested. I was Okay, it's just as damn, it's just, just as dangerous to have because we all need a rescue and, and we're unable to be helped. I mean, your dad said some really profound words, yeah. Well, I think that too, like, if, if I had realized my rescue when I was younger, if I had realized the need for grace, if I had realized that I can't do this on my own, then I would have never ran as hard as I did. Mm -hmm. That's the thing is... Grace is such a profound thing, but when we don't understand that we need it, that it is vital to our life, then it, it, it almost pushes us away. We, we move from understanding, I mean, understanding all parts of the prodigal story. I understand, okay, I'm the prodigal. Now, let, let me get my head out of the slop for a second. Let me get my head out of the slop and let me fix my eyes on the Father. And then let me get a pure picture of who the Father is. And that the Father is not waiting for me like this, tapping his toe. He's pulling up his garment and he's running towards me. And he's putting his coat on me. And he's putting a ring on me and he's throwing a party for me. Like he's not sitting here like this. And then, I mean, that's what we're looking for. Not just understanding, okay, I'm a prodigal, I'm running. But I, I understand the heart of the Father. And that's an ever-evolving, shaping, deepening perception of who God really is that I think... Um, has to grow if, if the, the seeds that are planted are going to flourish to have a pure perspective of God. Um, but so often, it's the perception that we get from people becomes our perception of God. The church, I mean, it really does. I mean, that becomes, whether it was a legalistic hell, hellfire and brimstone type of upbringing, or we had very kind of casual understanding, those people aren't really Christian. They haven't really been changed because they're broken. And we have these, and then we kind of begin to question God, and we push away. And so I'd love to just transition the conversation a little bit to relationships and just the importance of relationships. Both of you have shared this on different occasions that, I mean, you talked about being hurt by the church, Right, and how you view that, 
and how you view it now, um, God had to take you through a healing process and uh, ups and downs, highs and lows of that. <clears throat> and, and if you've been hurt by the church, it just doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make your church wrong. It makes you human and a part of a human entity that's also very divine, that God is refining and, and purifying. So um, may, maybe, Lee, you, you want to start us off on this one and just talk about just the evolution of understanding that? Because I know from 2013, when we kicked off this thing, and how you view the church and the body and what that means to you now is something so, so different, like different worlds. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I see you guys as my extended family, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I don't have to hide. If I have something I'm going through, I feel like before you, when you did something wrong, like my parents, not in a bad way, but when I was younger, I did something, I felt like I had to hide it, and I was in shame. Um, you know, what I feel like the blessing of Fathom is, is that everybody here is, um, when we're going through something, we can share it, you know, we can pray about it and we can be there for you. And that's the thing I think that the church sometimes gets afraid of in our relationship is that we have to hide things. Um, if you just come as you are and you have problems, like if you have anxiety, I've been there, I can talk to you about it. I mean, if you have depression, we have people that have been there, you know, and that's the best part about the church is that it heal. That we there's healing in the presence mm-hmm. of Jesus. There's healing yeah. in the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, I just feel like if I can tell anybody in here, like whatever you're going through, like, there's there's definitely someone in here that's gone through it, and that you know you don't have to hide from it. And, and God is actually, I feel like the, when, when we are weak, He is strong, or when we are. Mm-hmm. You know, at the foot of the cross is when we're the, the strongest sometimes. So I don't, I don't yeah, feel like having time. to put on the right, like be the best anymore. It's totally opposite now. It's like, you, what you see is what you get, and um, I don't, I, I feel like that's a good thing now because I don't have any secrets in a sense of feeling like I have to be hidden anymore. Yeah, I mean, but it is, it's, it's human nature to kind of cover up. To we're afraid, we're afraid of the rejection because we've been rejected before. We're afraid of what. You know, and, and we all experience that in different ways. And so I think one of our core values is authentic community that we have tried to, to I've tried to live that. Um, you know so much about my life. It's actually, you probably know way too much about my life and about my intricacies of my weirdness just because I'm, I'm a you know, public figure that's up here all the time. So you hear my story. Um, but you, we, we desire for you to have an authentic walk with the Lord and with other people. Um, because there's nothing more lonely than living a lie. I know out of personal experience, there's nothing more lonely than living a lie. And you can be in a crowded room, you can be in a small group, but if you're not being authentic, if you're not being real about where you're at, we really can't grow from there. And it's oftentimes the hand that wounds us is also the one that heals us. You know, and if we've been hurt by the body, like the body is also the remedy for that healing that God uses to bring us back into the fold and, and bring us uh, and, and grow us and nurture us. Um, d- different walk, d- different path, different ups and downs, the idea of relationships and maybe how God's... So as Lee was talking, something that came to my memory was something that Andy Truett said. He's a um, uh, homeschool leader um, in the homeschool program we do. And he said... I know all of you are worried about screwing up your kids. He's like, and I just want you to take a minute and, be, and just take a breath and know that you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's okay. Because if you never screw up your kids, they'll never know that they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And God, when he said that, it was like, what, a year and a half ago? Two years? Yeah. Um, when he said that, God was like, that's the church. Mm-hmm. That's the church. Because... If they did everything right, then church would be your God. Mm. And that struck me. He's like, all of your life, you made church your God. And mm. I was in there trying to teach you something new. But, that, but you didn't hear me because church be, was more important. Mm. And because of that, I allowed you to be hurt by the church. So that you would see that church isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. That it is an amazing place for you to be knit in. It is a family. It is a body of people who can support you and protect you and raise you up, but it is not God. 
Mm-hmm. And that is the beauty of it, I think, yeah. is that, yes, I've been hurt by the church. I've also been in the church for over 20 years. So, of course, I've been hurt by the church mm-hmm. because I, it's filled with people. Mm-hmm. But you know what? In that hurt, God allowed me to know him deeper. God allowed me to see people for who he has called them to be rather than where they are in the moment. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? The church that hurt me is now on fire. Mm -hmm. It's now doing amazing things. It's now seeing wonders and miracles. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I want to praise God for these things, you know? Like, I never want to be a person that walks into a place and expects them to fulfill the hole that God's supposed to fill in me. Yeah. And that, I think, is the beauty that came from the ashes of what happened. Mm. Is God knit those relationships, and he made relationship the most necessary part of my walk. Yeah. I don't know who's listening to this in this room or on the podcast driving down the road, but they need to hear that because they're looking for the perfect church, and, and it's not the church that's perfect. It's, it's, it's Jesus. Uh, you were about to add something. No, I was just going to say that there's a process, too, that you go through. Um, there's a healing process, and then there's a, a process that you go after, and, it, and it's something that I, I think that I'm just speaking for myself that I had to be cautious for, is that then I expect it, you have to be careful, because then I expect it like, okay, I'm in one place now, everybody needs to be in this place, but yeah. I have to understand that God has everybody on a journey, mm-hmm. and that in that process, he was also teaching me more humility, because yeah. before I can... Um, serve others i had to be um had to be brought back down a little bit so it's a really crazy thing to watch yeah happen because anybody in here that if today's like the day that you're just like you know what i'm playing my foot in the sand i'm repenting meaning i'm doing a 180 going the opposite way you gotta be careful because pride the enemy tries to you know feed mm-hmm. you pride right after and he wants to tell you well now you know there you expect something out of people yeah. but you you can't even live up to that expectation <laughs> yourself so um, I would just say that discipleship through the, the process and family yeah. is staying close to the family. It's getting hurt. I mean, in our teams that we do, you know, we do the worship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys see us in worship, but there's sometimes like, well, I think this should go this way. I think it should go this way. But we have an open relationship that we're like, you know what? That's okay. Let's let's share. We're sharing and we're bettering each other. And we're finding each other. Yeah. So I don't know if that is just in my heart because anyone that's going to be in the next that season, I don't want to go further. Mm. But that you have to be ready for the next season, that he's going to kind of bring you back. And it's not that you're not expecting stuff out of people. But yeah, you're it's ready. a humbling. Yeah, so I'll let you kind of That's take good. that from there. I well, I think, I think in that too, like in that um, struggle with other people, like when, when God has you in a place where you're like, yes, I think I've got this. I've got at least a portion of it, you know, like God's got me. And then people start <laughs> annoying you. Mm. And... And it's okay, because the things that are annoying you about that person are typically the things that annoy that are and, in you that you don't. And I'll add, it's easy to love people at arm's length. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's toughest to love people you're in authentic community with, like you're actually in a relationship with. And honestly, it's not even love if you're loving them from a distance. Like, yeah. unless you haven't, if you've loved them through failure, unless you've l- had to forgive them, like, unless you've had to be patient with them, yeah. to be kind with them, to not envy them, pushing through the, and actually it's the fruits of the Spirit that are formed in us. So when we remove ourselves from the body, the fruits of the Spirit cannot thrive. Like, they can't be pruned. We can't figure out how not patient. And so we've, many of us, we push away from those opportunities of, of authentic community, but we've also pushed away our opportunity for spiritual growth. And that is why God has created the body like he has. Um, and, and there's also this big idea that I've been just meditating on for the past over 12 months is, uh, is a term known as mutual submission um, that gets talked about in the end of Ephesians 5, submission gets talked about really about wives submit to your husbands, but in verse 21, it really talks about all of us as brothers and sisters to submit to one another out of our reverence for Christ, and that submission is to lower myself, to humble myself, to receive truth, to receive correction, to receive encouragement, and to be not just a, a blessing to them, to serve them, but to receive 
the ministry that they have as well. And so that, that's become a huge theme for me in how I even look at the body of Christ, how I, I connect with one another is this idea of mutual submission. So we could go on and on about that. It's obviously a passion area for a church that's called Fathom Church. We want people to understand what the body is about and, and what, what that really looks like. Um, but we're probably running out of time. And, and I, I think about just the, the journey we've walked. And e- each of you in 2019, your spiritual walk looked like a certain thing this year. Uh, maybe it was distant. Maybe it was as on fire as it's ever been. Maybe some healing took place. Maybe some bitterness has been harbored over things. Um, I'd, I'd love to, to just, for just a, a few moments, to just talk about maybe these past few months. Um, I know we could go further back. You, you, you guys are preparing to, to, to move to Northern Ireland to, uh, to, to be full-time missionaries there. Um, Lee run a business. You have a leadership role here at the church um, overseeing our band and production teams. Um, you know, what's God been teaching you in this season? There's probably a lot of things that have led up to that, right? And we, we'll save the backstory. But this season, what's God teaching you? What's fresh? right now on your heart um, that God's speaking to you? Lee's like, Jackie, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Way too much for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you step out in faith, like something like this, and you begin to move towards that direction, it's just, it's crazy how quickly you begin to grow because you, you need it. <laughs> you need it for what God's taking you into. You're like, what are you doing, Lord? Yeah, like, yeah. around every corner, you're like, okay, God. Okay, yeah. I get it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I wish I could say it was a new thing, but the thing is, it's depths of the old things. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, like I said, God over this last week has just been saying, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, or lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight." Like. That has been a mantra, and I'm like, Lord, okay. So we're in this season of, you know, um, going to Northern Ireland. We're, we're going to go back in the end of February and um, do some more talks about, you know, what, what our roles would be, what, you know, what we would actually do, that kind of thing. And in it all, at the beginning even, I was just like, Lord, this feels, this feels like a lot. <laughs> you know, like, um, what, what do you... What do you want from me out of this season? What, what is the overarching theme? Because I know that you could send anyone to Northern Ireland. You could send anyone anywhere you want. Like, you don't, you don't necessarily need me, but you want me. Why do you want me? What's the purpose of wanting me and my family in this season to do this thing? And over and over, God is just like faithfulness. Your faithfulness mm. over the last how many years? Five years? Your faithfulness in serving. Your faithfulness in giving. Your faithfulness in kindness. Your faithfulness in loving people who are unlovable. Your faithfulness. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this because yeah. I do it well. I'm, I am hard to love sometimes. You can ask my husband. He will tell you. <laughs> I, am, I fail a lot. You can ask anybody who's close to me. I'm, I don't hide those things. If I fail, I fail, and I'll, I'll let you know. But because I have simply said yes, mm. I have simply said yes to God, he has made the path straight. And in that, he has shown me, he's like, your faithfulness breeds more faith. Mm-hmm. So he's giving me words about what we're supposed to be doing. He's giving me visions. He's been giving me these things about what we're supposed to be doing, but he hasn't given me the map. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's given me a compass and a direction, but he hasn't given me a map. And so around every corner, I have to say, God, what are you doing? And he is teaching me to lean on him. He is teaching me to submit my will to him because in this season of Will we go? Won't we go? What will we do? How will we do it? How will we make money? I like, how will we raise the money? It's a, it's a lot, you know? It's all of these things. And God's like, whether you go or not, are you going to stay faithful to me? Whether you make these plans and they all fall through, will it be okay? 
Mm-hmm. You know? And so every day I wake up and I say, God, your will be done, not mine. And I'm holding these plans in my hands, open and outstretched to you. And in that, God has gifted me with his presence. He's gifted me with a joy that passes all understanding, a peace that passes all understanding, a presence that is always with me, that I don't have to struggle with my decision-making because he gives me that peace. Mm. I don't have to struggle with whether knowing whether or not you know my kids are going to be okay because in this moment, all it takes is being obedient mm-hmm. because the burden of how they come out, the burden of how this situation works, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because he... He carries the burden of outcome. He does. And I carry the burden of obedience. Yep. And so in every step, he's just teaching me what it means to be obedient. Yep. And that's something that I have to teach my kids. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're learning it for sure. Um, you'll never know the power of your yes to the Lord. You'll never understand the power of your yes. And so just keep on saying yes. Just keep on saying yes. Lee, this season, we're, we're wrapping up here, but... Um, what's what, what's God been speaking to you in this season? This season has been a, last season for me was just simplify things, and um, that's just if I love God and love others, and I don't care what I did that day, it was done. So I w- didn't have to have that weight on me if I didn't get enough done at work or do enough for my you know my my wife or do enough for you know what I felt. So. Um, I feel like it's been a good year. Um, there's been, you know, out of all the years I've had anxiety, this was the least because of that. Um, so um, this season for me is about surrendering um, and, um, and being grateful for everything I have because, you know, you, you can uh, look at, you know, the seat that's next to you that's empty or you can look at, you know, the people that weren't around for this holiday and it can easily be, you know, can easily be you. Nobody's promised tomorrow. So I want to surrender and put others before myself. Um, I want to love people more. Um, I want people to feel like they're more important um, because in this crazy world where the, you see all this stuff going on, you know, on TV, like if we don't stick together as a church and we don't love each other um, and be there for each other, like, you know, the world's going to come in and try to show you another way, and it's just going to take you and slip you mm-hmm. away. I, I, you know, if you believe in, like, a last day type thing or whatever, you know, I, I believe we are just in an in age that the enemy is always, he's always fighting, whether it's, you know, beginning or the end age. Um, but, you know, I feel like um, I'm just in a season of putting others before me if I can and surrendering and submitting. Uh, yeah. My wife would probably amen that because um, sometimes I want things my way. Um, but... Yeah, just th- moving forward and closing out um, yeah. for me. I just I want to invite. I want to fill. I want to fill the chair. I want to worship harder. I want to just be closer, more intimate. I want to read more. I want to get through the Bible. I mean, there's I can go through lists. Yeah, there's lists, but simplifying it just to put others before me. Though. I I think it's always been really powerful this last week of the year to just kind of set some spiritual goals for your life. I'm sure you're having some conversations or thoughts about some financial goals or career goals or some family plans for vacation next year, where you're going to be or where you hope to be at the end of next year. Set some spiritual goals for yourself. Um, I know that can sound funny, but for me, it, it has to do with, um, you know, setting, setting the sails of my heart and, and saying, God, I want to be where, where you want me and letting him lead that process. Um, I, I want to I close and, and pray for us and, and, and lead us in a time of prayer before we, we kind of close out with a song here together. But any just final encouragement? We're about to flip the chapter from, um, from 2019 to 2020. Just blow your mind. Can you believe it? It's crazy. But as we're about to just flip this chapter, you guys have been around a long time. You have a huge weight of responsibility here at the church. What's your heart for us as a body in 2020. What, what's your heart? I know you just shared kind of what God's doing this season. That Maybe that's your heart for everybody, but, but maybe specifically over this body. What's, what's your heart? Yeah, my heart is just for everybody to put God first and, uh, through, and take it one day at a time. So it's, it's pretty simple, but I mean, yeah. and it's not in a, in a bad way, but like if the doors are open, I want to be here. Um, and uh, I want to be here for you and I want to be here to support you. And so um, 
I hope maybe this season we just cl grow closer as a family. Yeah. And um, that we can tell each other everything that we, you know, you know, iron sharpens iron, and we can yeah. build close. Uh, we can build stronger because because um, we can. Uh, it doesn't matter what your age is. Like you can feel alone, whether you're the little guys, you know, or you know you're more seasoned. Like my mom and father, my mom and dad over there. Like you're important, and so you being here is important, and everything you do is important. So um, I think as a family, if we can just get tighter, yeah. um, I would love to see that because there's more smiles, there's more joy, mm -hmm. there's God has more in store for us when we open up and give. Yeah. Like not just giving financially, but we give more of One ourselves. One another, yeah. That's great, Jackie. Any final? I think, I think my prayer for everyone here and those who aren't here today is just that you would that God would ignite a passion in you a passion for depth in his word depth in who he is depth in understanding depth in prayer that that you would be able to say yes to God in the small things in the moments where obedience just is hard or trying that you would say yes anyways my prayer is that this year, that 2020, is the time when God opens your eyes. When he opens your eyes to see the things that he has for you. And that even if it's just a small glimpse, that he'd give you a picture of the future, of where you're running to. So that when you're in the middle of the struggle, when you're in the middle of the pain, when you're in the middle of heartbreak, because it will come, that you'll be able to keep running towards that promise he's given you yeah. and that you would pursue that depth with him and that you would allow him to be in the midst of pain with you and that you would allow him to be in the midst of joy with you and that you would allow him to be the center of it all. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I want to ask you, Stan, I'm going to pray a closing prayer. The band's going to get in place and lead us in a, in a final tune here, but I want to pray for you. If you'll just bow your heads with me today. God, I thank you uh, for the uniqueness in which you've created each one of us, for the story that you've, you've written out for each of us, God. Those, those days are numbered for each one of us. The path is marked out, but God, it's not always so straight, and it's certainly not straight when we try to do it on our own. God, help us to, to receive encouragement from these testimonies of your rescue, God, the, the testimonies of rescued from old mindsets and God, a desire for community and a desire for unity within the body of Christ. May we, may we embody that, each of us, God. And in 2020, may we step into this new year hungry for more of you, hungry for your presence, hungry to see your kingdom filled up, hungry to see this room filled up, God, and that we are willing, we are willing ministers of the gospel in our workplace, in our city, in our neighborhoods, God. We are willing and we are passionate to seek you as we begin this year, God, would you set the sails of our heart, of our faith, God, and, and may we grow closer than we've ever been together as a body, that we may be faithful, may, we may be found faithful in a bride that is ready, is ready for you, God, to return whenever you choose to do so. We love you today, and we're just going to praise you uh, through this next song in Jesus' name. Amen.